Welcome to another edition of the Soft Verbal Podcast presented by Dead Soxie. I'm Neil McCready. I'm in Oxford in the Clark Ford Studios. Zach Barry is kind enough to join us today. I think, Zach, you're in Asheville, North Carolina right now? I'm in Asheville. As I like to say, I'm time traveling. I'm in the Eastern Time Zone. Yeah, so it's it's 8.33 where you are, 7.33 where I am. When you all hear this, it will be a completely different time unless you decide to wait and listen at 8.33 Eastern tomorrow, at which point, good for you. Uh, I'll warn you ahead of time, um, Zach and I both have a, the same game on the television screen. Zach is not emotionally involved in it. I am. It's the uh, Cubs and the Cardinals right now. The score is 0-0 zero to zero in the top of the second inning. If you hear me scream in pain, you'll know that the Cubs are blowing yet another game. But we're going to talk some recruiting. We'll talk about the weekend uh, that was. We'll talk about Jabari Small's not surprising commitment to Ole Miss, what it might mean for a couple of other guys. We'll talk about a handful of guys that did not come to Oxford over the weekend, some that that was a surprise and some it was not. Well, we'll talk about what that means, what it doesn't mean, and then uh, that'll probably that'll probably get us there to the end. So uh, before we do that, before we get to Zach and before we uh, start talking about recruiting, I want to tell you about our friends at Dead Soxy because they're the reason that this podcast exists. Uh, hot weather's here, summer's here, with it comes the inevitable debate of sock or no sock with your loafers. Save your feet and your shoes for making their own impression and step into summer with some no-shows from Dead Soxy. You really need to experience the difference a quality sock makes. It's the first step in dressing for the job you want, not the job you have. It's also the first step in preventing swamp feet for uh, your feet when you wear those loafers with uh, no socks. Not, uh, not always the most comfortable feel. So go to deadsoxy.com, enter the code REBELGROVE at checkout, you get 30% off all orders, including the sale items, including the no-shows that are the same quality you already love and enjoy with their traditional dress sock. And again, they come with the no-slip guarantee. DeadSoxy.com, no-show collection. Remember to enter the promo code REBELGROVE at checkout for 30% off all orders. I mentioned that I'm coming to you from the Clark Ford Studios. Clark Ford is in Amory, Mississippi, 662 257 1900 is the number. Call that number. Ask for Corey Clark. Tell Corey what Ford you're looking for and send him a quote. I mean, he'll send you a quote within 15 minutes in business hours. You'll get that quote, and the rest is up to you. You can shop it around. You can uh, let it be a baseline for you moving forward. Or you can do what I've done, what so many others have done, and that's get into a Clark Ford today. You'll love it. You'll, uh, you won't regret it. You get a great product. You get phenomenal service. You get a level of service that you just don't get from normal car dealers. I don't know how, how it's to explain it. It's just a different level of service. You'll love it. Corey wants to be your car guy. He wants to be your truck guy. He'll prove it to you. 662-257-1900. Zach, how are you? I'm doing well, Neil. It's a fine evening here in North Carolina. And, uh... Yeah, like we talked about a little bit in pre-show, uh, watching some Major League Baseball. You're a you're a junkie. You watch a ton of baseball, is what I've heard. <laughs> it's not true. Yeah, such a junkie that um, when I think baseball tonight, I think of uh, Peter Gammons and Harold Reynolds, yeah. not uh, whoever's on there now. It's been a little while for uh, Peter Gammons and and Harold Reynolds. 
Yeah. Uh, yeah, it, it's funny. You, you're such a baseball fan that you said, hey, I'm a Braves fan. I said, well, they had a really good day today, and I had to kind of tell you who they got. And The Braves had a really good trade deadline. They, they had a weak spot at the back of their bullpen, and they may have fixed it with Shane Green from Detroit. We'll see how he translates to Atlanta. And sometimes when guys get traded at the deadline, it's such a – it's such a shock for them and their families that they never really get settled in. But if he does, he kind of solidifies the worst part of uh, the worst part of the Braves' issues. So, um, all right. So we're going to talk some recruiting. We'll start with Saturday, and we're going to flip it a little bit because I've written a lot about it. I still have a couple of interviews that I need to turn into stories. One is Antonio Harmon. He didn't say anything profound, frankly. The fact that he was at Ole Miss was probably fairly profound um, because he could have gone to Mississippi State. They would have loved to have had him. But his recruiting is nowhere close to over. Um, you know, it, It's going to go a while. So, uh, But there were a lot of commitments there, and then there were a few guys that were, uh, that were not committed that uh, I know people are interested in. So I'll kind of toss it to you. I was there. I talked to guys. Anybody that, that you, you kind of want to touch base on? Uh, well, I guess just out of the – we'll go commitments first. Um, I, I wanted to kind of get your thoughts since you were there, saw the guys in person, uh, or I'm, I'm, I'm assuming you saw not maybe all of them. but Yeah, just I think kind I saw of them all. It, okay. Um, just like in terms of bigger than you thought in person, um, especially at linebacker, I was, I'm curious to, to get your thoughts on Jaquandis Burns. We talk about him a ton on here. I know the coaching staff is really high on him, but does I mean, is the size speed ratio thing kind of coming you know to a head there? Or are you seeing more SEC looking guys? Absolutely, uh, it was the one thing that really stuck out, not just with him but with kind of everybody. They look more like SEC players. Uh, Eric Reed sticks out physically. Um, let me pull up the list. It's easier I'm, I'm i'm quickly becoming a, a very visual uh visual learner um reed stuck out looks like an sec defensive back uh Ricky wright look he's probably going to grow out of safety but he looks like an sec safety mm-hmm. um if you asked well, okay. me, if you asked I me, I would guess that Dericky Wright is six four, probably now. He says he's down mm-hmm. to about two twelve. If you told me that he grows to about six four and a half, two forty five, two fifty, and is an outside linebacker type guy, I would believe it in a heartbeat. Yeah, that that'll work. That size will work. Oh, <laughs> they'd kill for that size right now on this team. Yeah. I mean, they'd kill for those guys right now. Um, I do. Okay, I do remember. I was I was trying to remember to bring his name up because I don't think people talk about him a lot. And I know um, he kind of blew up a little bit before he committed. But um, Cedric Johnson, um, what he was you... the next one I was getting to. So here's okay. what was interesting about Cedric Johnson. So his brother Cephas is the quarterback at South Alabama. And uh, Cephas, when he was Cedric's age, was about this same size that Cedric is today. Six, okay. two and a half, 
two something. I don't know. I hate guessing weight, and I didn't. I didn't ask. Uh, two twenty-five ish, probably. It's my guess. Okay. And uh, good-looking kid, but Cephas had a late growth spurt, and Cephas is a good-looking football player. Mm-hmm. He's six four and a half, probably. Uh, I don't know what he weighs. He's a quarterback, so he plays a different position, that kind of thing, than than his brother's going to play. But his brother is experiencing the same growth arc that Cephas did. And so there's a real chance that this is one of those diamonds in the rough who yeah. they got early because they had a connection, Tyler Siski recruited Cephas to South Alabama when he was on Joey Jones's staff at South. And they're, they're taking a little educated guess here that he's going to grow more vertically and be able to fill out. And he's a really athletic kid. And even if he doesn't, even if he doesn't go to six, four, he's going to get over six, three, he's going to be two, 50-ish. He's going to be able to play, I mean, this is worst case scenario, outside linebacker. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. pro- probably going to be a defensive end that's a rush guy that can play, you know, off the edge, outside linebacker. I mean, y- you know, we can label stuff. He's going to be able to get pressure on quarterbacks off the edge, which is something we had Mike Detillier on the Oxford Exxon podcast on uh, Wednesday. And he was talking about that. You've got to have to to win in this league today, you absolutely have you being an SEC team, no matter what the name of your team is, you have to be able to have big bodies up front, and you have to be able to have edge guys on defense that can collapse pockets. That can uh, that's what pisses me off is that the umpire missed strike three on Goldschmidt, and then now he gets a double. <laughs> I mean, it's so bad. I'm so for robo-umps. It's unbelievable. I'm totally for them. Uh, take the human out of it. Just put a robo-ump back there that doesn't miss calls. Um, so bad. It impacts an entire game. Uh, th- there's a real chance that he's a six four and a half, six five, two hundred and sixty 260-something-pound kid who can really move. Again, what they're looking for on their roster and what is missing from their roster today. Yeah. I mean, we just talked about two guys right there that that could be perfect three, four outside linebackers for Mike McIntyre when they hit that growth spurt. Yeah, and you know, and I know what people say, and they're right. Hey, well, you know what? You can't make a living off those guys. I'm not disagreeing. I'm not saying I, I'm I'm not disagreeing that you 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 if you recruit 25 of of 25 projects, you're you're not going to win in this league. Mm-hmm. And, and this is where I get frank with people they're not uh they've landed some guys that are not projects they're in on some guys who are not projects we're going to get to some of those guys in a minute and uh it's the reality there it's a rebuild they're having to rebuild their brand they're having to uh rebuild their roster to new systems they're overcoming years of uncertainty on the recruiting trail and they play in the toughest league and um, toughest division of the toughest league in America. It's not going to be a free space. Yeah. It's going to take some time. And the people that don't like that, I get it. Rebuilds suck. 
I've said that many times. Rebuilds suck. But if you do them right, um, you can rebuild quickly. And they think they're doing it right. They have a plan. That's the one thing that continues to stick out for me is when I see the guys they're bringing in, it's obvious that they have a plan and they're, they're executing that plan. And that plan has everything to do with size, height, weight, speed, guys fitting a formula. There's not a lot of guesswork here. And frankly, uh, yeah. it, it, frankly, it's what they do at Alabama. It, this isn't complicated. I mean, and, and I think they would tell you this, that, you know, they're they're following a similar pattern to the one that Alabama uses, the one that Georgia uses. Now, can they go get the big five-star kid right now that those kid, that those schools can get? Certainly not as easily. So, you know, they're, they're going to have to do some evaluating. And a kid like Dericky Wright, for example, is a kid that – Alabama thinks he's going to grow into a outside linebacker and they can go ahead and get that outside linebacker now. Yeah. Simple as that. Yeah, I was going to say they're in the market to where they can go get an absolute impact guy that is already the size that Ole Miss anticipates him being. Ole Miss is going to have to take him, possibly redshirt him, and work him in as a sophomore, junior, and you know, develop him. But yeah, Bama's... Bam is on a, a much different uh, shopping tier. Here's, here's an analogy. Ole Miss right now is buying the car that's a year old, that's been used by one owner for a year, so maybe has yeah. 16,000 miles on it. It's a perfectly good car, but it's not brand new. It doesn't needs needs to get cleaned up a little bit, stuff like that. Alabama doesn't have to do that. They, they, they don't have to do that right now. They can go straight to the lot. I like that one. I'll pay the sticker price. It's fine. And, I, and before anybody, I'm not talking about cheating and recruiting. I'm, I'm making an analogy. They just get what they want. <laughs> they go get it. Yeah. And, and Ole Miss would like to get to that place, but they're not there yet. Yeah, I was going to say Ole Miss is, is kind of going up to the uh, dealership, and they know that they got to get these these 2019s off the floor before the 2020s get there, and uh, yep. they're talking down the price a little bit. Yep. Bama, Bama just shows up and pays cash. They just show up and go, I want that one and that one, and I'm done. Yeah, it, yeah. it's different. So, But Dericky Wright looks like an SEC player. Uh, Johnson looks like a player. And Darius Coffey looks like a player. He's not – you know, he's he, he looks like an SEC DB. Yeah. And he's another one of those size speed guys where, um, you know, 5'11", 185, but – in terms of athleticism, I don't know if if Ole Miss will be able to to get anybody as athletic as him. You know, plays quarterback in high school, does literally everything. Um, but yeah, he's going to play in the secondary in college. But yeah, I mean, you, you got to love a guy who you know is probably a legit four or five guy and is already 185 pounds and can carry it well. Uh, I tell you, a couple of guys that stuck out stuck out. Uh, Eli Acker physically really looks the part. Oh yeah, he's he's really grown a lot since he committed to Ole Miss, which feels like two years ago. And uh, Khalil Benson looks the part, and and then a, the, a guy who looks like he could play in the SEC today is DeSanto Rollins. He, okay, he I was, looks like I was going to ask about him. He looks like he could just put the uniform on today and go play. Yeah, that could be a guy a couple years down the line where. LSU might scratch their head a little bit about how we let that guy get out. Yeah, and I'm always impressed with jo- Josiah Hayes. He looks the part. Uh, I thought Dalen Gill, the uh, Juco linebacker, kind of looked physically like he might be able to help quickly. Uh, 
just what about Austin, what about Austin Keys? I know that a lot of the the staff like him and yeah, I did not well, see him this time. I know he got okay. there after I left, but I saw him back in the spring, and he's gotten big. Yeah, and, and people say, well, what's his evaluation situation? Well, his evaluation situation is when rivals saw him, he was two hundred and five pounds, and since yeah. since then he's gained weight. You know, he's up to two thirty five, two forty. Yeah, he's either he's either got to go to more camps or <laughs> they're going to have to clone Chad Simmons and throw him all over the place. Well, it's you know the we can. There are some. That's another. That's another story. There are some forces at play in 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 Mississippi, and there are people that are trying to work against this, that are trying to fix it. But there are some forces in play at Mississippi in Mississippi that don't always uh, aren't always looking out for the kids' best interest. Yeah. You know don't get the kids to the the camps in large part because there's nothing in it for them right and if there's nothing in it for them they're not doing it and i was and i was going to ask you you've been in the state of mississippi and covered sports for a long time and i I would say you're probably privy to what's a state town and what's an old miss town i'm not what is seminary in terms of allegiance yeah i don't i don't have any idea Oh, okay. Yeah. Because usually you can, you know, the the you know you, usually Tupelo is a state town, but Ole Miss has hammered that that town uh, pretty hard recently. And then you've got like the uh, Columbus, Mississippi. That's going to be you know state. West Point's going to be state. Um, but yeah, I, I I'm I'm excited to see what he projects and what he looks like. You know, with a year in the strength and conditioning program. Because I mean, on rivals they got him at six two two thirty eight, and um, you know if he can run. That, that size is going to play somewhere pretty quickly. Well, you know this because you know some people on the staff, and I can say this without, you know, blowing any confidences. They love Keys. They love Jaquandus Burns. They think those are early impact players. And, again, people say, well, you know, whatever. It, I say this all the time. If they're wrong on all of these guys, they're going to pay for it with their jobs. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, so it's scoreboard business. It's a scoreboard business. So, but no, I, I thought all in all, physically, they looked the part. And I'll tell you who really looked the part, and he's got another year. We talked about it a minute ago is Antonio Harmon. Yeah, he looks the part. Some I, little I, I DK sus- vibes there. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, people have given that analogy. He, he he's he's. I don't know that I'm ready to compare him physically to Metcalf. Maybe because it's hard for me to remember of, what because D- of what because of what DK looks like now. Yeah, it's hard for me to go back, and I'd have to go back and think about what DK really looked like when he was a junior in high school. Because all when if you think about DK now, you just think about the beast-looking guy that he's evolved into over the last couple of mm-hmm. years, and so it's hard for me to do that. I, I don't know that I'm. I'm I don't pulled know that it I'm up, creative and enough he to was, do that. Yeah, he was listed as a senior on Rivals at six five two eleven. Yeah, there's there's some there's some real similarities there. I mean, I've I've had people say things about Harmon that are more superlative than what Metcalf was at that time. But man, DK was really good. Yeah, uh, Harmon's going to be really good. It's it's the state's loaded with receivers, and and a lot of people think he's the best one. I know there are people around that Ole Miss program that think he's the best player in the state. 
in in his class. So, but we'll have a lot of time to talk about him. I'm going to write that story here soon. It, like I said, there was nothing profound in it. It was your typical recruiting stuff. Yeah, just boilerplate. Yeah, I mean he's he's not anywhere close to a decision, and if he is, he's not going to tell anybody. Um, <laughs> and you know he's going to take visits, and and Ole Miss and State are really recruiting him hard, and some other schools are recruiting him hard, and he's going to look at some schools, and he's got a ju- you got another what you know two years of high school to play. So yeah, you know. So for I'll I'll throw you a question for for all because because right now, um, if I can pull it up here looking at the receivers for 2021 just in the state of Mississippi because I've told people I think Ole Miss could reload the NWO with just in-state kids and be perfectly fine yeah so you've got Deion Smith you've got Isaiah Brevard you've got Antonio Harmon you've got Brandon Buckhalter who's already committed um out of those guys who are they're going to all be most likely in the rivals 250 is there one school out of state that you would say might make Ole Miss nervous? Because, I, I mean, I think they feel good about all those guys and not like any commitments imminent or anything, but I think they're going to be in it until the end. But is there one school that's not state or Ole Miss that would, that would make you worry? I think right now in the current environment, you always worry about Alabama and Georgia. Yeah. Those are two programs that when they – I mean – you know, everybody. I know what people are saying. Well, Georgia's whatever. I, I get it. I'm not, but I'm not going there right now. Those are also programs that when they call, the kid answers. Yeah. Those oh, are yeah. sexy programs right now that to kids. Well, I mean, it's it's just the nature of the business. I mean, for lack of a better term, I mean that's like saying, man, when it rains, I get wet. I mean, that's just how it is. I I'll, I'll give you one for me, especially just receiver specific, and it's kind of really blown up. I guess in terms of a brand the last couple of years, I would say Clemson. Um, I think kids who are receivers, I think their ears perk up when Clemson some, comes calling because, I mean, they've just put dudes in the league left and right, and yeah. that offense is pretty enticing. I think I think Clemson's that way with – you're right about receivers, by the way. I, I think they're that way across the board. They are – Oh, yeah. They are, if not the elite program in the country, they're one of two elite programs in the country. And when they call, kids listen. I mean, look no further than Jerrion Ely last year. He decommitted so that he could go take the visit. I mean, that's what that was. I mean, you know, he would have, I think, preferred to have stayed committed and take the visit, but that's not the way Clemson works. And, um, you know, they have the – ability to do that he, he ultimately stayed obviously with Ole Miss and he'll start practice uh in an Ole Miss uniform on on Friday but yeah I think Clemson's certainly one of those programs that they have built a brand and uh they they've they've done it on the field and and uh kids pay attention and hey look at some point you know you everybody does the cheating thing and and I get it I'm not I'm not disputing it I'm not saying none of those things happen because they do. Uh, my my theory is everybody's cheating, but they've also built a brand that goes beyond that. And if you aren't willing to acknowledge that they've built an evaluation system that identifies players quickly, that they have a system that they're that they're playing to, if you're unwilling to acknowledge that they've got it going in a lot of 
legitimate ways also, then you're you're super naive. Yeah. I mean, I mean, where do you start? I mean, the head coach, likable dude. He wins a lot. Great the, staff, the, great facilities. Yeah, I, mean, I mean, I think they're entire. I mean, not the entire staff, but probably, I mean, three of the four top assistants have at one time won Rivals Recruiter of the Year. Um, I mean, they've really expanded and they recruit nationally now. Yeah. I mean, they. It was where they could just stay in South Carolina. They could go to Atlanta, um, maybe hit up the Northeast a little bit. But I mean, they go everywhere now. Um, so it's, I mean, they got the. I have no idea how to say his last name, but the DJ kid from California, the quarterback who um, plays at St. John Bosco, they got him. Um, but yeah, I mean, if you know, if my if my if my kid had an offer to go play football there. Um, you'd at least listen. You would at least yeah. look, and so that's yeah. that's what they're able to do. There, those programs are, are are different in that regard, and everyone's trying to catch them, and a lot of people are emulating them, and there's only one way to get there, you know, and 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 it's by kind of working yeah. working your way there. So, yeah, and and Ole Miss is is on that path. They are following the system, the Alabamas, the Clemsons. Um, I think uh, Georgia kind of has a similar type system, how they evaluate. Um, there's a couple other schools that kind of do that same evaluation. I'm trying to think. You might know. I mean, it's mostly guys off the Saban tree. Yeah, it's but. what Jimbo Fisher's trying to do at Texas A&M now. I mean, it's it's still early, but that's what he's trying to do. Um, well, they mostly they recruit so well because, I mean, kids love Yale practice. Yeah, that's and what o- that is. And overalls. Yes, yes. That's yeah. what they do. And, and it, it's a big stadium, and everybody knows that kids want to play in a big stadium. Um, <laughs> so anyway, let's talk about a few guys that didn't come. Emmanuel Forbes, they thought he would come. He did not come. Uh, he's committed to Mississippi State. He took a visit to Mississippi State instead. Um, listen, I'm not going to sit here and say that there's nothing to be read into that because obviously he – went to state and he's committed to state and it shows you that state at the very least is still the leader there. I did not get a sense from anyone around the Ole Miss program that they felt like that was the end of the road or anything for them. They, they, I think the expectation is that's still going to be an ongoing recruiting thing. Oh, definitely. I mean, um, I'm sure you talk to him. I talked to somebody on the staff and you know, they're, it's just kind of, you know, one of those things. It, it's still early. I mean, we're, we're fall camp starting. Um, but things will slow down with the season. Obviously, staffs have to focus on winning games. And yeah, they'll have weekends where kids come in to 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 watch games, and they'll host you know visit weekends during the season. But yeah, I mean, you know, maybe it was something where, hey, his both his parents wanted to go to Starkville. He's committed there. One of those deals where it's like, hey, let's just let's just go see it. You know, let's just go there. And maybe that's what it was. Maybe it wasn't. But they're gonna stay on him. Until signing day, I can I can guarantee you that. Um, same goes. I don't think he was expected to come whatsoever, but another state commit, uh, Dylan Johnson. I think they're still going to recruit him hard. Um, that's a completely different situation with, you know, kind of in terms of what they want to do with him because I think it's a bit of a position dilemma, if you will. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's guys that don't come to these weekends. It's it's not the end of the road 
whatsoever. A um, lot of conversations on the board um, at rollgrove.com. You can join in the conversation if you want for, uh, you know, was it 10 bucks a month? It's Maybe not even months. 10. It's less than $10 not, a oh, month. And if you sign yeah. up for a year, it's not even $9 a month. It's yeah, inflation. Cheaper. Inflation affects everything <laughs> except for the cost of a Rivals.com subscription. <laughs> it's cheaper than a Carnitas salad bowl at Chipotle if you don't get an extra vinaigrette dressing. How about that? I mean, how about that? Um, I mean, how do yeah. you how do you beat that? I, I don't think you can. Um, but I mean, a lot of people were asking, and rightfully so. They want they they want you know answers. You know, why wasn't JJ Piggy's there? Why wasn't McKinley Jackson there? Um, and you can probably talk a little more about that. But I mean, yeah, the only other guy, the only other guy, yeah, the only other guy that wasn't there that they were expecting there was Jamarian Latham, and and they knew there was a chance that he wouldn't come. Look, he's committed to Alabama. He's from Alabama, and you know, it's Ole Miss is trying to position itself to a place where if that recruitment goes the Dericky Wright route. They're in position to get him, and yeah. you know that hasn't changed. It's still like you said. It's listen. It's when people hear this, it's going to be August the first. It's a whole season that has to happen. There's a lot of questions that have to be answered, and there's a lot of things that will happen in recruiting. Yeah, it's going to slow down for the next three and a half to four weeks, and then it's going to pick back up and. Kids are going to be able to see games, and they're going to be able to see, they're going to be able to answer some questions for themselves about what a program looks like, what a scheme looks like, how they would fit into a scheme, all of those things. And so, you know, and and for a kid like Latham, he's in the event that Alabama slow plays him, he'll he'll have time to figure that out. It's it's there's a lot there's a lot of time between now and. December and certainly a lot even more time obviously breaking news February is even further away you're welcome that's what you pay for um that's why this podcast is so expensive uh it's it's time it's okay there would they have rather those kids come sure absolutely but it's not it's not the end of the road we haven't even touched on yet is once the season starts Ole Miss will have a tangible thing to point to because Mike McIntyre can talk all he wants about the three, four defense and the plans that he has for these recruits. But once the games start, you know, Hey, you know, here's this guy here. You see what we did here with this blitz package on a third and long. This is what we wanted to do with you. I mean, that's going to be something that they can show them, you know, when kids come to games, they can, you know, Hey, did you see that play in the second quarter? That's what we want you here for. I mean, that's going to help. Oh, sure, because you're asking – right now you're saying, hey, envision this. Now you'll be able to say this is what it looks like. This is where you would play. And they'll be able to say to a handful of these kids, if we had had you, we would have made this play. Yeah. We didn't yeah, make – we did 2012 this, formula. Yeah, we didn't make this play here, but if we had you, we would make this play. Um, all right, so you, let's – let's before, before we get to the guys, other guys, let's talk about Jabari Small. Big shock. He committed yeah. to Ole Miss – uh, he's classic bas- burying the lead here. Yeah, he's basically been committed for two months. Uh, originally, the expectation was that he would come to this event and commit at the event. He did not come to the event. Uh, 
I think at that point the expectation was that he would probably go ahead and wait for his August announcement date that he had advertised on his Twitter.com page. And uh, I guess he decided that, nope, I'm going to go ahead and do it on Sunday. And uh, he committed Sunday around noon, which is his prerogative. And nobody was surprised that he committed. I think some people were a little surprised that he committed when he committed. But whatever, it doesn't matter. So he's now part of the staff, part of the, part of the class. I think he's been on Ole Miss's board for, for quite some time. So I don't think anybody's. There, there was no adjustment to be made. Good player uh, has a chance to be a uh, has a chance to be a really good player, and and I think just as importantly, it has a chance to be impactful with with other players. Yeah, and it, that that's kind of the bigger deal here in terms of what he brings um, with recruiting. But you know, I'll say I'll, I'll give him his due. I mean, just watching the film, talking to people around the city of Memphis that have seen him play. Um, I, I think there's more to him than just, you know, a, a puzzle piece that can, you know, help find these other corner pieces that Ole Miss needs. Um, honestly, he reminds me a lot of Eric Gray, um, the 2019 target last year from Memphis that ended up signing with Tennessee. But he's just a really versatile dude that I think is going to be something that, that Rich Rod's going to covet in his offense, um, that that slot back that can you know line up in the slot, he can line up in the backfield as a traditional running back. He can you know catch balls out of the backfield. I mean, he's it, it, people you know make the jokes you know oh just another three star, but I mean he's he's a talented dude. Um, makes a ton of plays at Briarcrest. He basically is their entire offense. Um, so this it's more than just a just a puzzle piece, but. Speaking of that, though, I mean, the coattails are potentially very, very long when it comes to Jabari Small. And the first guy that comes to mind is Omari Thomas, who there's been a lot of talk this week about what happens with him. He obviously was very uh, enthusiastic about about uh, his commitment to, you know, about his about Jabari's commitment to Ole Miss and. Uh, I said this. There was, a, I guess, it was a Mike Farrell and somebody article. And I don't want to get into all the Farrell crap. I get why people hate Farrell, and we can't post a Farrell thing. And I've told people at Rivals, hey, we can't use Mike stuff. But in this case, I, I thought it was okay. Um, Farrell thinks he goes to Arkansas, and I, and I don't think that's a terrible guess. Honestly, I disagree with it. I think he's going to end up at Ole Miss, but I, I don't. I don't think. Mike Farrell guessing Arkansas is a terrible guess. I think Arkansas is very much a player in it. They are, they are recruiting um, those kids at that school hard. They have connections to that school. They've made Memphis a priority. Uh, I think Chad Morris runs a good program. I think he does a good job. They have good recruiters on that staff. Again, I, I don't think, I don't think Mike Farrell predicting that he would end up at Arkansas is a is a terrible stab. I, I really don't. I, the people that the people that make a big deal out of that, I, I just think you're grasping. I think he ends up at Ole Miss, but you know, I think I think Arkansas is a, a, at the very least a real factor. Yeah, and there's some natural ties with that staff. I mean, you know, Sean Tui Jr. is on that staff. He went to Briarcrest. I'm I'm sure he's 
been helping them. Hey, you know, pushing them towards, you know, let's sure. really go after this kid. Um, and then, you know, they've got a commitment from, you know, Martavius French. I mean, he committed a couple weeks ago. They've been hammering Memphis pretty hard. Um, and rightfully so there's a ton of talent in Memphis, but yeah, I mean, I, going back to the Jabari small coattails, I mean, I, I think it's, it's evident if you just take a gander at his Twitter timeline, him and Jabari seem to be super tight and I just, you, you know, there's, there's tons of opportunity for Amari Thomas to, to come to Ole Miss and get some, you know, immediate playing time on the defensive line. I mean, he's a, a top 150 kid. Um, actually I think he's a top 100 kid. I mean, he's every, you know, he's a huge guy. Um, and I mean, a lot of people looked at him as a, as an offensive line prospect. And then I think last year as a junior was when he kind of really came into his own as a defensive tackle. And I think he kind of realized this is kind of where my future is, but I mean, every bit of six, five, 300 pounds, um, Tennessee is going to come after him really hard. Um, that's, I think in my opinion, that's who Ole Miss's biggest competition is. Uh, for Thomas, um, but yeah, I mean, I would, I ultimately think he's going to end up at Ole Miss, and um, you know, it could happen sooner rather than later. Um, it could not. Could be one of those guys that's going to take his time, enjoy his visits, may not worry about it until his senior season is over, kind of deals. But um, yeah, I mean, in that same you know Farrell article, I, I actually kind of thought he might have written that before Jabari Small committed. And I think that if that's the case, he would probably have a different tune, um, you know, knowing their relationship. But yeah, that's you know, fair. The, that's fair. It's, yeah, that, that was written sometime last week, probably. And uh, yeah, it's that's again, he's not. This isn't ripping on Mike. There's there's lots that and and Mike and I don't have a great relationship. So I, I but in this case, again, I, that that's not a bad guess. It's a fair guess. It's a no, not at all. It's an easy guess to make, and and you know, if you told me today that that Amari did not end up at Ole Miss, I would immediately say so. He went to Arkansas. That would be the yeah. very next school that I would say. Now, on you know, on the flip side of the 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 Mike Farrell coin here, in that same article, he pretty adamantly said that he believes McKinley Jackson is is all Ole Miss right now. Yeah, he went and, stronger with that than I would be willing to go today. Yeah, and it, you know, I think um I think that things really took a turn when Jacob Peeler got involved in that recruitment. Shocking, I know. Um that when Peeler got involved things uh, shifted, but um and there there's a, a lot of connections there. The head coach at Ole Miss is a coast guy. Um, yeah. Jacob Peeler is a phenomenal recruiter. He got involved. I, I, I think that that is probably Ole Miss's number one target right now. And feel free to disagree. I mean, I think that that's their guy. He's way they, up. If he's not number one, he's way up there. Yeah. I mean, that's that's a program shifting interior defensive lineman that yes. you have to sign. Yes. And he was every bit of a five star, in my opinion, at the. At the opening, he handled himself really well. Um, there were a lot of questions about his quickness and speed, um, but he definitely handles his own and 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 went a, went against a bunch of guards and a bunch of tackles. So he was thrown into some positions that you know he's not going to play defensive end. Um, still performed really well, um, and a lot of people say, I mean, he's he's a humongous guy. He is a huge person. I have stood right next to him and talked to him. <laughs> 
Yeah, I've never seen him in person, but I mean on paper. Well, I have stood next to him, and and I'm a I'm not a small person. I'm six one two oh five ish, and uh, he made me look and feel very small. Well, the the Peloton breeds champions, Neil. It does. It does. We're certainly we're certainly trying to get there. Uh, And people that he didn't come, he he went to Texas A and M. People say, what does that mean? It means this, and I've said this for a while. I will reiterate it and reiterate it. He is going to enjoy the recruiting process for a while. Mm-hmm. He is going Absolutely. to take his time. And I don't blame him. No, of course not, especially especially when a kid says up front, hey, I'm not in a hurry. I'm yeah. going to take my time. I'm going to go look at some schools. I'm going to have some fun. I'm going to check some things out. I'm going to look around. And that's what I'm doing. Hey, that's that's cool. The only times that I get irritated with is a kid goes, well, you know, I was, I'm going to commit in June, and then all of a sudden in June he goes, I'm going to wait till August. Then it's I'm going to wait till October. Then it's I'm going to stop. Just just stop talking, and go through. <laughs> you know, it's I can't. Yeah. I don't. And I know we make money here at Rivals.com off of recruiting drama. I my coverage philosophy is to avoid us avoid the drama as much as possible and with with uh mckinley jackson he said this all along i'm, I'm gonna look around i'm gonna i'm gonna see schools i'm gonna take my time i'm gonna check some things out i'm gonna take visits i'm not gonna commit until the end and that's that and so hey cool yeah and, i mean get, guess what these these recruits owe Ole Miss fans nothing Oh no, absolutely! So, and so, if you're honest about it and open and say, "I'm going to look at schools," people go, well, "Why Texas A&M?" Well, think about it. From the coast to Houston, it's not the worst drive in the world. It's it's okay, and Texas A&M's a good program. Jimbo's a good coach. Um, he's gonna, you know, it makes sense that you'd go look at a school like that. It's a it's a high profile program uh, in a league that you're going to play in. He's going to visit Alabama, I think, at some point. He's, you know, he's probably going to visit LSU he's going to visit Ole Miss he's going to visit Mississippi State I'm kind of guessing here I think Mm -hmm. he went to Florida State once already and he might you know he might go look at them again he might look at Florida I don't know who knows we'll see so in the end Auburn's always lingering Auburn's always lingering because Marcus Woodson's involved and uh, you know Marcus Woodson got involved with Eric Reed here recently, and I, th- I don't think it's going to work. And Eric said, hey, I'm, I'm home, and, you know, kind of wondered why, what took him so long. <laughs> but whatever. It, everyone's going to keep recruiting, us, you know, good players. And so it's, uh, you know. I, I was going to say, I saw a quote, and, I, and I, I do appreciate when teenagers keep it real. And there was a quote that Eric Reed was pretty frank, and he's about Auburn – you know, submitting an offer to him, and he basically said, "Why are y'all offering me now? Why didn't y'all offer me two months ago?" Yeah, which yeah. is, I mean, that's refreshing when a kid's, you know, pretty blunt about it. But you know, going back to the McKinley Jackson going to A and M thing, I, I'm reminded. Um, I actually just now started watching the new Last Chance U season, and it reminded me when they show the kids all hanging out in the dorm and whatever, they all have just swag from all these different schools and i mean that's if 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 you don't know when they go on these visits i mean mckinley jackson got so much texas a&m adidas swag while he was there i mean they go and they just give it to him yeah i mean that's i mean 
I mean, cool. If you want to go, for, you know, you have to drive there. But then when you get there, you're you're treated like and kids uh, like getting stuff. Yeah, I mean, I like free stuff. Yeah, I mean, kids like. I mean, I live with a kid. I live with a twelve year old boy. He he loves getting stuff. So yeah, I mean, it's just part of yeah, it. And just I just I mean, the, the people that are reading into where kids went. Again, would Ole Miss have preferred that McKinley Jackson come to Oxford instead of College Station? Yes, they would prefer that he come to Oxford and say, I'm committing, I'm going to hold a press conference right now, and I'm not going to visit another school. They would be thrilled with that development, but they know that's not going to happen, so there's no there's no panic there. Yeah, it's. I've said it on the board a couple times. Um, a lot of their remaining targets that they are going to focus heavily on because now the numbers always work out, but they have really narrowed the search. Um, for the most part, unless something changes, these guys that they're all looking at are guys that are going to take their time, take their visits, and probably going to announce on signing day. Yeah. So that's just kind of you know what you have to deal with. So the people that want signing day drama, you'll you'll get some of it. And, uh, oh yeah, it'll be there. And no, I will not do fire emoji predictions. Nope, <laughs> no chance. Uh, the last guy that we want to touch on, JJ Pegues. It feels like we always close our podcast with Pegues updates. Um, to my knowledge, he didn't go anywhere. Yeah, that's what um, that's what I was told from a staff member. Um, I kind of heard some. Things rumbling that he just didn't go anywhere. Um, I know, you know, he was expected to go to Auburn. They had their big to do, whatever, um, that you know, prayer circle practice or whatever they were doing on the planes. But he didn't go. <laughs> um, so, you know, somebody asked where he went. I, you know, hey, may may have gone to Handy Andy's. I don't know. Um, I mean, they're they're teenagers. They change their mind quickly and swiftly. So he um, didn't go anywhere. I mean, I don't think you can you can read into that if you want. Um, that's one less trip he took to Auburn. Yeah. And that's that's the competition for Piggy's signature. Yes. I don't read a lot into it one way or the other. Uh, if I'm Ole Miss, it's, it's more good than bad that he didn't go. It doesn't mean that Auburn's out of it at all. It doesn't mean that Ole Miss oh, is no. any more in it, in my opinion, at all, because he didn't go to Ole Miss either. He didn't yeah. go hang out there either, you know, so you – what does it mean? Nothing, frankly. Nothing's changed. It was a neutral day. Yeah. You know, um, if you're Ole Miss, you, you're probably generally pleased. They, and look, oh, I'd say so. And, and he's another guy that he probably wants to see what they look like. You know, what, is yep. the, what does the tight end look like in Rich Rodriguez's offense? And the people that go, well, he's not going to play tight end. He thinks he's going to play tight end. So, for all <laughs> intents and purposes, he's playing tight end. Oh, if, if, if that's what he's saying, well, guess what, buddy? You're going to be talking to Calvin McGee when you come on campus. Yeah, and you're going to be looking at the offense. He's going to be watching what do they do with Octavius Cooley or whoever. And, you know, what does the offense look like? And he's it, – it's, it's – going to be some stuff like that and what does it feel like and I think he's also a guy that kind of wants to get a feel for it what's what's it going to feel mm -hmm. like it's fair yeah you know that's, so. that's it's incredibly fair because honestly his top two teams 
and I definitely think Auburn and Ole Miss are his top two. Both of those teams, there are a ton of question marks heading into the 2019 season for both in, in very yeah. different areas and levels. Yeah, a ton of questions. I mean, you know, is, is, is Gus Malzahn going to be there? What, what's, you know, what's going to be the situation at Auburn? Is, is uh, you know, what, what's the atmosphere going to be like at, in, at Ole Miss? Because the atmosphere last year at Ole Miss wasn't very good. And so, you know, he, he wants to see some things. Yeah. And so his his deal, much like McKinley's and some other people, has just got to play out. And the fact that he di- didn't go to either place could already be telling you that, you know what, it's late July, my summer's almost over, I think I just want to be a kid, and maybe I'm already getting a little tired of this recruiting thing. And that, that happens. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, he'll take some visits. He'll come to – I would be uh, – I'd be surprised. Ole Miss plays, what, Arkansas, southeastern Louisiana, and California in successive weeks in mm-hmm. Oxford. He'll be at one or two of those games. I was actually going to mention that is the, the perfect storm is for Ole Miss to get off to a hot start, you know, preferably 4-0, or I guess 3-0, and and that Cal game be a huge crowd. Yeah, and, and then you know if, a, if bunch of, a bunch of a bunch of kids come. Case, and, yeah, exactly. They're gonna bring all. Hey, we want you here. We want you in this atmosphere. We want you to see what we got. We're going for our fourth win. I mean, that that's you know they're telling these guys the same thing when they come to visit. They're telling them, look, we we can go to a bowl. We are here. You know, we're gonna win as many games as we can. Blah blah blah. You know, they're gonna want them there in that atmosphere. So, yeah, that's. Yeah, Pegues will make his way to Vaught Hemingway for sure. Well, I think that does it. Appreciate the time. We we made it through. I only yelled at the TV once. Um, the Cubs have mm-hmm. stranded a thousand runners so far in the first four <laughs> innings of this game, but they have escaped a couple of jams. So uh, who knows? Maybe it's okay. They traded for Nick Castellanos today, and uh. True story. Santa Claus throughout the first pitch. Santa Claus bad. throughout the first pitch in Chicago with that stupid bird. And uh, <laughs> true story about Castellanos, not that anybody cares. Last year when Ole Miss played uh, LSU in Baton Rouge, it was the last weekend of the regular season, and I was watching Tigers, Brewers religiously cheering for the Tigers. They did not win <laughs> a single game in that series against the Brewers. But I remember being very impressed by Nick Castellanos because he gave the Brewers fits. And so I've kind of followed him a little more closely since then. And now he's a Cub, which means he'll go into a deep funk. <laughs> but um, I'll cheer for him. So on that note, we'll yeah. uh, we'll end it. Well, well, we'll say, Neil, you gave me a story about Castellanos, but you did tease me with a story about uh, a funny story about Jabari Small, and you failed to mention it. Oh, yeah, it was – well, it really wasn't a funny story. It was – I kind of reached out to somebody to go, hey, this is this is happening. And it was like, oh, did he do it? And it was like, yeah. And they're like, oh, he just kind of figured it was going to be a while. I, I just think it sh- sort of showed you that uh, Jabari sort of marches to the tune of his own drummer a little bit. Yeah. You know, and there's all sorts of people that are trying to act like, well, you know, that was his payback for they took so long to offer. And I'm telling you, that deal is <laughs> – he was mad at the time. That deal has blown way over. Oh, yeah. Way I over. Mean, it's, it's, it's over. Yeah, I mean, 
and you know, I, you know, I saw a, a quote about how much it meant for him to, to, to commit to Ole Miss. And, you know, he told his dad he was, he was going to, um, you know, AJ Brown broke his dad's single game receiving yards record last year against Vandy. And he told his dad, he was like, I'm going to break his record for you. And, uh, uh, you know, his dad kind of responded. Um, he posted this on Facebook if you want to see the full uh, quote. But uh, Eddie kind of laughed and was just like, ha-ha, like, you know, that that's that's funny. And uh, he said Jabari just kind of stared at him and then just left the room. So, and, and he said that he knew right then that he was going to go to Ole Miss. So, that's pretty, that's pretty cool. Yeah, it's a cool story. Yeah, for sure. All right, we're going to – we'll leave it there. We've been with you uh, – Almost fifty-three minutes now, so we'll we'll let you go. Thanks for uh, for doing this from Asheville. Safe travels back. We'll uh, we'll be back with another episode, edition, I should say, episode edition, whatever, whichever way you prefer, of the Soft Verbal Podcast. A reminder: uh, do us a favor. It's what makes these podcasts work. It's what uh, motivates us to continue to do them. It's what uh, keeps sponsors around. Go to deadsoxy.com. Get you a pair of socks. If you just want to do it for us, do it for us, and here's the deal. And I, I think Zach will vouch for this. You're going to put them on your feet, and you're going to love them. You're going to love them. You're going to love their socks. If, if you want, if you get the no-shows, you're going to love them. If you get the traditional socks, if you don't wear no-shows and you say, I just need some socks, get a pair of the traditional socks. Enter the promo code REBELGROVE at checkout. You get 30% off items, including the sale items. So go look on the sales sale rack and get some that are already discounted and then enter promo code rebel grove and get 30 percent more off you'll do us a favor they'll know that you got it off the podcast that's what keeps advertising going and here's what i can promise you you're going to put those socks on your feet and you're going to love them it's going to be a game changer for you yep. so deadsoxy.com promo code rebel grove at checkout 30 percent off all items including sale items including the no-shows for Zach Barry, I'm Neil McCready. That does it for this edition of the Soft Verbal Podcast. Until next time, take care.